The Lean Berets reporting for duty. Your source for fitness and food education with a noble purpose. Fasten your seatbelts and hold on to your organic carrots. You're listening to the Lean Berets radio show at theleanberets.com. We are Avengers of Health. Welcome, Braves. I'm Ron Jones with Tim Jordan from Edinburgh, Indiana, and we are the Lean Braves, and we are talking about La Sierra physical education updates today going down in Indiana, and I had the honor and pleasure of being out in Indiana last year to uh, do a site visit at Tim's school and meet a lot of his students and see how they were doing with that vintage calisthenic routine from the La Sierra High School PE program in the early 1960s that was originally created by one of the greatest PE coaches in the last few, uh, 50 years, Stan Leprotti. So, Tim, welcome back to the Lean Berets. Oh, thank you very much for having me today, Ron. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm really excited about what you've done there. And um, Edinburgh was probably one of the smaller towns that I visited. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a small um, town here, just about 45 minutes south of Indianapolis. Um, in our school corporation, we got less than a thousand students, and actually here in the high school and grades, and we actually have grades six through twelve in our one school. We've got fewer than about about five hundred. Okay. Students, so well, yeah, I we don't have a whole lot to work with. Yeah, and <laughs> in I th- numbers wise, numbers wise. Right, and I, I I want to kind of start off with that because yeah, this is a very small school in rural uh, America. It's not some big high power multi million dollar you know that is uh, school. I mean, and and. The reason for me saying this is because I think it's really inspirational other PE teachers around that say, hey, this guy in Edinburgh, Indiana, got this thing off the ground. It's actually working. The kids are doing well with it. So I want to commend you on that. Um, it just took some elbow grease and some determination uh, by you and some kids and, and also, of course, the administrative support and the parents, too. But Right, right. Well, tell us how it's going because it's been um, – is this your going into your second year now? Yeah, we. I started doing it last year right after you guys got the uh... – got the video out for the how-to on the strength and endurance routine. Right. I uh, had, a, had a fellow um, co-worker of mine share that whole, um, the five-minute clip for the documentary came up and really kind of inspired me because I was, at the time, I was, uh, I'd just come off of being an athletic director in an administrative position, kind of like, you know, entertaining the kids with PE, you know, and, right. I, and I knew, and I, and I really always had a big belief, you know, that kids moving was a lot better than just sitting around, you know, I, mm-hmm. I've got younger kids at home now and they want to play games and, uh, on a computer. Mm-hmm. And you guys got so many teams of sedentary, but yeah. I, I wanted to get the kids moving. So when I saw the clip on that, I was like, well, this is exactly what we need. Mm-hmm. So I immediately changed some of the things that I was doing with some of our kids and started using some of the um, exercises that I could pull out of the um, documentary footage that you guys had and started changing some stuff right then and there and told the kids, hey, next fall, we're going to be totally changing what we're doing here rather than being um, – Kind of games oriented, mm-hmm. and you know, focusing on you know how to serve volleyball, how you know what the rules are for volleyball. Mm-hmm. We're going to start getting back into movement because the kids need it. Oh, absolutely! Uh, you know, terribly weak in the upper body. You know, we don't use it. And I remember doing these types of things back when I was a younger kid, and thinking, "Wow!" I remember being you know being the kid in the elementary school, being able to climb the ropes, being able to. Right. I never could do the pegboards. Wasn't very good at pull-ups, but I remember those being a central part of our PE program. Mm-hmm. 
and then going through college and getting back into teaching, you know, it was more about games and teaching stuff. And But then after really getting some ideas here with the loss here and really listening to what you guys have put out, it's kind of like, you know, we're missing something. And this, in this loss year routine, the on-ground training gives the kids a lot of just simple basic skills they can use for, you know, basic strength and, and movement routines. And it's, and it's great for them. I see a lot of things improving already. Good. But, um, but, yeah, we're into our second year. You, know, you saw last year when you were here, we had just were coming up on the end of our first um, semester with the kids. And some of them were kind of like, eh, watch this stuff. And uh-huh. some of the kids had really kind of bought into it because the one thing is some of them like them not, you know, we're not a real powerhouse in athletics. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so, so the athleticism and the competitive um, nature sometimes escapes a lot of the kids. But and so they don't really, you know, they're not competitive. They don't, and it's not that they can't be. It's just they just don't get into it. So the games part, you know, you, might, you have a lot of kids that want to stand around. But this was something that they could be specifically and individually responsible for. They didn't have to know the rules on how to do a push up. Um, they didn't have to compete with somebody else about how many um, full bends they could do. Yeah. So it was very much more in a way, even though it's a group work, it was very individual for them, and they mm. could control. Mm-hmm specifically what their level of success was or wasn't. They didn't have to depend on somebody else not getting a serve or not kicking a ball properly for them to get success. So yeah. some of the kids that really um, uh, got the benefits last year were some of my non-athletic kids. Mm-hmm. You know, because some of the athletes were like, oh, I got this, I got this, and they wouldn't really take it seriously. But then they could also breeze through it. But the kids who didn't have that athletic experience, it was something new, mm-hmm. but it wasn't really competitive. Uh, for example, I had some girls last year, and it seemed like the girls have really done well. The day you were here, mm-hmm. one of the, the group leaders was one of our girls, and she was had one of the best voices for leading the exercise. Oh, she did? I, I remember her yeah, distinctly. Remember that? Yeah, that was the girl she... that last year, and, she, and she's awesome. a sophomore now. I don't have her. And unfortunately, here in Indiana, we only have one full year of PE in high school that the state requires. With all the other standardized testing, PE becomes an elective once they have that first year credit. So... I only really get the kids in regular PE for one year, and this year I'm no longer teaching the R advanced class because I'm in a health class because of some teaching schedule changes. Yeah, yeah. So really, I've got the one required year. But anyway, going back to the one girl, a couple of the girls last year, like they, I had had them in seventh grade and eighth grade, and then at the start of their freshman year, the one girl she had never successfully in a testing done a push up. Wow. Of course, I, I use the old um, presidential fitness test. I haven't don't use the updated ones as much. Mm-hmm. But the, but the requirement was, you know, to go down 90 degrees with the elbows and come back up and mm-hmm. try to keep that pace. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I'd give them a little bit of break on the pace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, if you want to stay in that front lean rest position, hold for a second, take a breather, I'm okay with that. Sure, yeah. But right. um, but I had a girl who, at the start of her freshman year, when we started the Blossier stuff, she still had never successfully done a push-up. But then at the end of that first semester, she was up to 10. That's really significant, and um, you know, a, a push-up is is really a, a, a fundamental exercise that everyone should be able to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has an incredible amount of core strength that's required, not just right. not just the, the chest and the pecs and triceps and all that. What I want to do is take just a couple minutes and give a little bit of background about Lossier High PE Calisthenics okay. Program because. Uh, a lot of people listening to this are going to be pretty familiar with it from the the film teaser and just following our Facebook right. post. Um, but if you're not familiar with this, calisthenics is a um, it basically defines as uh, beautiful movement. But in this case, we're talking about 
very formalized, cadence-counted exercise drills. And by cadence-counted, I mean every single move in this routine um, that has quite a few different movements in it is counted by number or a voice command. So it's very formalized uh, by intent. And while it looks very military, it's actually a military borrowed a lot of this from medical uh, gymnastics in late 1800s, early 1900s. So it's just how to move a lot of people well when you don't have any equipment and you need to be really efficient, whether it's K-12 education or it's military, it doesn't really matter. You have to line people up and get them in a formalized uh, setting um, with commands and so everybody's doing the same thing at the same time. And, and so this particular routine that uh, was put together by Stan Leprati in the late 1950s, he called it the strength endurance exercise routine. So yes, it has a lot of strength components to it, but it's also done pretty rapidly, um, at least when you can handle that, and it goes on for about 10 minutes. So you are getting a bit of endurance work with it as well. Now what was interesting, and I know Tim knows this already, but when I dug into the formality of it and what was really behind it with my fellow historian research partner Shane Hilton at University of North Dakota, we realized that all of the drills had a corrective component to them in terms of helping the kids line up, get to learn their bodies, uh, postural corrections. So that's why we're using the really old standards for all the drills. We did not use anything modern. We went back to books uh, sometimes over 100 years old to get to the the basic elementary teaching um, tips and standards. So um, if you're wondering what it is, you know, you got a bunch of kids lined up in rows and columns, and they're doing these things at a pretty brisk pace um, with the leaders counting out. And what was really interesting when we interviewed alumni, we interviewed uh, Doug Orchard, our filmmaker, interviewed over 200 alumni from La Sierra back in the day, and they said... Uh, the general consensus was the most important part about that strength endurance exercise routine was the cadence counting. It wasn't the fitness that came out of it. It was the cadence counting because it got the group working together and paying attention and, and focusing on um, um, some precision. So it was the mental part of it, which is really fascinating to me. So that's a little bit of background. Uh, Tim, you mentioned that... Um, there was a lack of upper body strength with a lot of kids today, and that actually started coming out around World War II because Leprati's mentor had done a lot of uh, touring of military bases and during the Second World War, and one of his observations, or the biggest one, was that we had a real deficit with upper body strength, and he started shifting the PE programming in the 40s towards upper body strength, and Leprati was mentored in that uh, um, kind of like renaissance, if you will, and out of that came La Sierra. So that's kind of interesting. It, it started a long time ago. Hello? Uh, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Um, and you, you also mentioned games and movement. So for people that don't know a lot about physical education and the history of physical education, um, physical education used to be based on teaching people how to move and posture the lineup right, and all that right. stuff. And it included sports and recreation, play, games, dance, stuff like that. But the, the most important component of PE should be to teach uh, children how to move properly. Right. And that's kind of been replaced by a sport program, which is oftentimes competitive, and we don't have the fundamental movements, and we're going out, and the kids are trying to play sports, and they don't know how to move well, and they're getting hurt. Right, and so, right. 
what you've done is go back to more of a classical model. And interestingly, we've got hundreds of references why that's so important historically. They talked about that over and over and over. So um, as we get back to the roots of, of movement in PE, we'll, we'll see uh, more of that type of thing going on. Right. So, so um, okay, so you're entering, you got your second year going, and you only have a year where you have the kids. Um, I hope that changes, because in Finland, they threw out standardized testing. They have the highest education uh, yeah, marks in the world. Yeah, I've seen some of that stuff out there, that the, how some of the things have changed over there. And well, I'm not sure how that gets changed back here. I mean, I can see, of course, being an academic, you, I can see why they would think that this is necessary, but eventually, I know one of the things I've seen with you guys and some of the other movements that's out there is that it's trying to translate the movement and the proper usage and getting the brain function yes. involved. You know, with, like with a lot of the figure eight movements and those types mm-hmm. of drills is how that can get the brain to properly function through movement training rather right. than sitting there strapped to a desk and trying to cram information to make the brain smarter. You got It's an organ that needs to be exercised. Yeah. It has to be used, and you can't exercise while sitting still. Dr. Uh, John Rady of Harvard's in our film, he wrote Spark, which is, uh, he's pretty much like the world's expert on uh, what exercise does to the brain in terms of health and you know cognitive function. He had a quote the other day, I had to laugh, he said, sitting is you fat, dumb, and stupid. I mean, it's, you know, the more we sit, the worse we get. And it's not just weight, but it's the cognitive function, the brain ability to think clearly and have clarity and, and be able to be resilient uh, under psychological stress. This is something else that came out a lot with the La Sierra alumni interviews, Tim, is over and over and over these guys talked about the mental stability and the, dis- right, the yeah, discipline they learned in PE. And they, they went on to, you know, have fab, you know, pretty fabulous careers and stuff. And some of them were in very high-power positions. Um, and they kept coming back to that over and over and over. They built a lot of confidence. They learned a lot of, like, mental skills mm-hmm. through PE. And that's that's what it should be about. Now, you had, you had mentioned the, the figure-eight stuff. So I'll, I'll throw a couple bones out here for people to look into. You, especially if you're an educator or a parent, you might want to look into a a system called Brain Gym, and this was formed in the oh, 25 plus years ago out of Ventura, California, by some educators that realized that certain types of movement patterns stimulated cognitive function and help with reading disabilities, learning disabilities, ADD, ADHD, things of this nature. Um, it's used with autism and all kinds of different conditions, and I've used it in corporate as well. But if you take the fitness component out of movements and you start working cross-body patterns, and some of these are figure eights, so you're going from one side of your body to the other and you're making these looping patterns, it really stimulates the brain in an interesting way. So if you kind of want to take a peek at that, um, you know, you can contact me. I'll give you a source. Kathy Brown is a master teacher that uh, retired and got into brain gym, and now she does consulting all over and she wrote a book called Exercise Your Brain. It's a fascinating book, and I think it's the, the best book out there for parents and teachers to take a look at um, how movement affects learning and also how movement calms down learning disabled kids and disciplinary um, children, too. And this also came out in Rady's work, but just by implementing some vigorous PE or even playtime, they had a reduction in discipline and an increase in cognitive function. So... Why should we, uh, why why should we get rid of standardized testing or really rethink that um, instead of throwing PE out to make room for it? Because we're never going to get the test scores that administrators and parents want 
unless we have really good PE programs. That's yeah, the bottom line. I think line. there was one thing that you had mentioned or I'd say, in some of the literature I'd seen from you guys that said that we can't get back to those higher testing scores unless we get things back to what they were doing. And I think well, it was back in the, what, the late 1800s, early 1900s, mm -hmm. before they pulled all the classical stuff out. That what was some of the figures I think I saw? that Some of the class days were almost close to 40, if not 50% physical. Well, it, it education that there, yeah, that, it, that we can't get those back until we get that function, that physical movement back in, incorporated with it. Yeah, in ancient Greece, the the education system was up to fifty percent physical. That's so, right. So, that so that'd be like today's, like, okay, Tim, go ahead and make an announcement to America that fifty percent of education from here forward is, <laughs> is PE. I mean, you can imagine what people would think. Oh, but, they'd say I was crazy. Yeah, but actually, you're sane because. <laughs> That's how guys. Yeah, well, I'm a PE teacher. Of course, I'm going to support my own teaching area as well. But yeah, but you know, when you when you look at what the kids do, I mean, there are things that you can do physically that some of the some schools are starting to pick up on. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if it's not movement necessarily in a classroom, there's physical there's physical things going on. Like I know over at our elementary school, I think they threw they threw some they pulled some testing stuff out. They were doing it in Annapolis as well, where they were getting rid of some of the classroom chairs mm -hmm. and get, and bringing in exercise balls. To sit on. Yeah, there's some things like that going that. on. And, and yeah, this so you had some of those. And so you've got some physical stuff there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I know you can't just throw out the whole system and just you know have kids moving around all day long. But you know, if yeah. you want to get the scores back up, and you've got to, you can't just have them sit for long. You've got to get them moving as well. Well, whether it be through recess or whether it be you know teaching, um, you, know, you know, academic and you know mm -hmm. incorporating some type of movement in the classroom itself. You know. There's a, there's a lot of different options there. Right, and there the, there's a lot of different ways to do this. Um, and you, you're seeing, okay, exercise bikes in the classroom, things like this. What people don't realize, though, and what we've learned through all the film research, is that certain types of formalized movement education have a lot more cognitive um, benefits than just you know doing this or doing that. So um, especially um, – the whole posture thing is really interesting, and this goes back historically too, because when the kids aren't lined up right, they have breathing issues, and so if you mm -hmm. want if you want your brain to be functioning right, um, you know you got to get your breathing in order. Well, that's impossible to get properly functioning if if you're collapsed, right? And, and so you know the kids can't even have enough oxygen in their brains to think in classrooms. So I know it sounds kind of weird, but this. <laughs> Former generations had this figured out and was actually quite the deal. So, um, yes, we, we've seen schools, and uh, Texas is one of the states that pops up where they're they're popping back in those recess breaks instead of taking them away, and they see immediate right. benefits. So we can do something that simple. Um, we can get kids out walking. Uh, you can do stuff in the classroom, although I hesitate to jump in the bandwagon with the exercise bikes because— um, and I'm a cyclist by background, too, but you got kids with really postural— uh, deformities right. basically and now you're going to hunch them over a bicycle and put a lot of pressure <laughs> on their perineum and you know there's some nerve issues there in that sensitive part of the body and right. if the thing isn't set up right you got other issues that can come out of that can you oxygenate their brain a bit yeah but you can create some other things on the flip side of that so be careful what what you throw out there in just terms of well let's just get the kids to move more period that doesn't yeah. always work out so well so that that's why i really like what you're doing with some of the other teachers because you're you're putting in real physical education. You still have the sports and the games, and the kids are having fun. But you got some real formalized stuff there. It's helping them line up, breathe better, think better. Um, but let's loop back to the figure eight. So you you learned how to use the sandbells when I was out there, right? Yeah, we um, you showed us some of those drills. Um, you showed um, showed us the um, 
we call it the, the figure you know, eight. The partner passing when you the ones using the left hand to wrap the, the bag around and yeah. tossing left, catching left. Yeah, yeah. And then the partner's just catching right, tossing right. Yep, yep. The figure eight toss. Um, I will when we put the show up. There's going to be a little page for you, and I'll I'll link the um, the drill for that so people can see what we're talking about. But right. a sand bell, um, the ones we use for this, it's a little disc. It's really soft and it's filled with sand. And they only weigh two pounds, and they're made by Hyperware in Texas. And they have heavier ones. I mean, some of them are 40 pounds, but we use the little tiny ones. They've got to go up to 50 as well. Yeah, they're huge. But we use the little tiny ones for tossing games for the brain and fine yeah, motor control. Yeah, we use the two-pounders that you brought with you. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. They only cost 13 bucks, so it's a real cheap investment. They're pretty durable, too. But, um, and sometimes they do run sales. I've got them as cheap as 10 bucks before right. shipping. <laughs> they, they do go on sale. Yeah, so yeah, for 10 do. to 13 bucks, you can get some of these tools and— they're amazing when you use these figure eight behind the back, you know, through the leg patterns. They're really fun to learn, and I've taught them to um, kids, you know, ten years old, mm-hmm. um, and they're just fun and they're great for the brain. And and you can also do a lot of biomechanical coaching because you see where people are moving and where they're not, and you start cleaning that stuff up. But it's so much more fun, right. as opposed to okay, we're going to have this Olympic barn, you know. It's just a different uh, style of instruction. So. Um, Yes, the Law Sierra High PE program and things like that are important out of history, but it's not the only way to do it because we still want to have the kids learn how to dance and how to do some recreational games and do some sport programs. That's all good stuff, too, you know. Good. Um, so I always am interested to learn a little bit about the parents and what they're saying. So in, uh, going into the second year, is there any little buzz in Edinburgh about what you're doing? Or? Um yeah, we, when we did that, we kind of did that introduction slash parent night last year on the night we had our parent-teacher conference. I think I recorded that, and I think I sent it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. I, um, I gave some students that were going through this, hey, we're going to try this. We're going to have you come out with the parents. You know, we're going to show our parents what you're doing because this is something that's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. We had we had a nice little crowd show up. I had, I think, about 15 or 16 students that came out for some extra credits. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they all had different level of abilities i think there was one girl i think you and i talked about she was a rather large framed girl mm-hmm. but she knew she needed the points so she came out to help mm-hmm. and just for her to get out and exercise in front of people i think for her was a huge step yeah but the parents that were there that night you know i'd printed off some of the um some of the things like i think you guys when you did the um deal up in new york city you mm-hmm. guys had like the fox and friends yeah. fun facts right right i'm um, sheets talked about some and I, and I printed some of that off and distributed that plus i i had listed some of the other websites some of the other information that you guys had with the lost year and the lean berets and uh-huh. i had that there for parents and i had parents pick a lot of that up and a lot of them like this is kind of interesting you know they hadn't seen stuff like this or they'd say you know i remember when i was a kid we would do this stuff in pe and now all they do is play games or they get a participation grade for you know walking laps now we still walk but sure. we try to put some purpose into it. like we're not just going to walk for a time we're going to walk this much of a distance in this much of time, so we give them a goal for that. But the parents' response, for the most part, has been, um, you know, pretty well received. I haven't heard anything negative from the parents. Mm-hmm. Um, what I have, I have one parent that I've talked to quite a bit through email. His daughter was coming in from a different school, mm-hmm. and she's very, um, very smart and very academic, and she's one of those students that has pretty much straight A's, but she's not real physical. Mm-hmm. So she was getting ready to transfer into school, and Dad was in contact. Like he's like, 
She wants to know what she can do. She wants to get prepared. You know, she's really worried about the PE class. She's heard it's difficult. You know, mm-hmm. she wants to keep those A's. And I and I try to get. I was like, you know, Dad, it's okay. You know, yeah. I know she wants to be the academic, but you know, she's not going to get necessarily get that A that first time. So here's what she can work on. You know, have her prepare for this. You know, here's Great. some things to look at to try. Because I I don't want to throw them to where they you know they come in and they just get so frustrated and they shut down. Right, right. You know, unlike you know the last year routine that was primarily running you know, freshmen seniors in high schools. I work with a lot. Most of my kids are seventh and eighth graders and then freshmen. Yeah. And so I got to literally treat some of them with kid gloves because they will shut down. But as soon as they start to see some of that success, then they can get that positive and they start pushing themselves even more. So when this girl came in this year, um, the other kids that started the year before, they had at least a full semester ahead of her. And that's when I was really able to see with the age difference. The freshmen that I had this year that had it, had we did the last year for one semester last year, those kids were so much more visibly um, capable of doing the movements than the girl who had never seen it before. And I figured there'd be some difference. Yeah, right. But she almost got frustrated because she's like, oh, my gosh, all these other kids can do push-ups. I can't do any. Yeah, yeah. And because their form had already improved. And, and that was when I kind of had, like, wait, here's kind of my test project. Mm-hmm. She's not. She was almost maybe like the placebo in the study. She had right. never done it, but these other kids had. Right. And I could really see a difference in the level of skill already in just one semester. But, you know, I've talked with her dad. You know, she started off not too great, but she's already coming up better. Her flexibility has already increased. Great. Her stamina is increasing. She still can't perform a full push-up, mm-hmm. but she's still doing the modified push-ups during the routine. Her back is getting flatter. She is getting stronger. And, she mm-hmm. and you know, when I talked to our parents at the parent-teacher conference last week, we didn't do our parent night, but I had a lot of parents that would come in and say, hey, my son or daughter is, you know, they're really showing us, you know, they're demonstrating for us with what they're, you know, doing this at home, telling us what we're doing in class. So That's great. There's a little bit of a buzz. You know, they, <laughs> hey, they're kind of excited about, hey, check out this neat thing we're doing in PE. That's awesome. Where the parents may be like, yeah, that's what PE should be. Exactly. You know? Yeah, they remember. So there is a little bit of a buzz, but, you know, and, and I won't say it's all positive because, mm-hmm. as we, you know, with anything, you're going to have some who are like, they're going to do whatever they can to mess with you. Yeah, you know, and I, I've I think some of those students. I think so. that's where we, we we need to come back as physical educators and parents that are proactive for fitness, coming back mm-hmm. to the brain benefits of exercise, not oh, just yeah. the obesity thing, um, because the real issue is our brain, and that Absolutely. that's terrifying. When we when we trash our cognitive ability to think properly, we're we're really in the in a bad place. So. Um, that has been more of my shift the last couple of years. I've really just started emphasizing a brain-based approach and um, helping people move um, in terms of uh, the neurological quality and, and right. in non-threatening ways and, you know, trying to have some fun with it, but also, you know, teaching them how to move, whether it's corporate or youth groups. My daughter struggles with the push-ups, too, and she she hasn't bought into it as much as my son. I have twins that are 13. So I've, I've right. been emphasizing to her just to hold the front lean rest, which is basically is a plank position because right. that's a huge strength builder. And just while Kate is doing the five, you can just hold the, you know, the plank. And then sometimes she'll do one and hold the plank the rest of the time until he comes back up. So, yeah, there's a you've done a great job there with all these modifications. It was really nice to see all different shapes oh, yeah, and sizes yeah, of yeah. kids and abilities, <laughs> and they were all out there doing what they could do. I didn't see any kind of real attitude issues i mean it, it was fun just to watch and uh, yeah. participate well, 
yeah, yeah, that 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 the groups that you saw that they were primarily all my freshmen, mm-hmm. and so they had a little. And I think more of my problems more come from just maybe lack of maturity. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was yeah. like, right now my freshman classes are all pretty good that I had last year. My 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 bulk of my problem is um, I've, I've got a handful of eighth graders. You know, I've got this one group of boys that you know everything. You know, they're too cool for school. Yeah, that's, that's, that's just... and, they, and they want to show off, and they kind of you know they they get people to laugh. But then once we kind of you know, torque them down a little bit, yeah. and move them out of the move them out of the equation, move them off to the side. We usually get everybody else to focus back in. That's a squirrely um, group. But, my 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 twins are in eighth grade, so I, I feel for you, man. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you got it right there. So you know, so you know, you know those boys can be kind of squirrels. Oh, they're capable, man. but you know, everything's kind of silly. Right. One thing that I have found interesting, though, because we start we're since we're into our second quarter now, we're starting to transition into having the students lead the routine mm, yeah, that's and great. trying to get me, not that I'm getting out of it, but just to get them um, more in tune with feeling and finding the difference between just following the directions, but being able to give the directions and lead the group. Because you know, that's not something you just have, that skill. You have to learn how to do that. So well, yeah, really they're, pushing to that this year. they're learning leadership skills. Say. Yeah, and that's what the alumni said, you know, that they learned how to be leaders, supervisors. They learned right. how to manage people and, and do record keeping. And um, they had a lot of positive things to say about being a student assistant in PE loss here. So that's, right. that's a critical uh, a component to running this and making it work again, at least at the right. highest level. For sure. Exactly, and I, and I talk with that about the kids. You know, I, I think I actually, I actually found myself throwing out the phrase. You know, is when you do this, you know, it's either you, you can lead, follow, or get out of the way. It's like you know, yeah. you got to do, and that and that's not the mentality I want the kids to have. But it's like you know, getting up in front of a class. You know, it's like I remember you know in high school having a speech class, mm-hmm. you know, having to get up in front of a group of people and say or speak and not feel totally embarrassed. You know, that's a skill that you learn. Mm-hmm. You know, some people learn it faster and they're better at it but some of these kids are almost afraid of their own voice well and but it's to get them up in front of pe some of them really get into it some of them they're like scared at first but then they get used to it and they turn out to be some of your better kids yeah and let's think about what they're growing up with they're growing up in social media where there's very little personal interaction exactly. so they're learning a really critical skill just to exactly. go out into the real world you know absolutely that's wonderful yeah, and, and like you said, we've mentioned the very same thing. So it's it's interesting that you mentioned that. Yeah, they're they're texting. They don't verbally communicate. Right. You know, it'd be like one thing. You know, they could probably get out there with their cell phones and text to <laughs> run the workout better than we could verbally. But so to to ask them to do something that they're just uh, not comfortable with. That's funny. And, and some of the quieter ones, oddly, are the boys when it comes to leading. My better verbal leaders have been the girls. Yeah. You um, know, I had a seventh yeah. grade girl. She jumped on this. We tried this a couple weeks ago. I'm right towards the end of the first quarter, and she was already able to lead. And today, I had her, and I think there was another. There was another three or four girls. They ran the show almost word for word, as you guys have put out through the with the, um, the last year, um, the paperwork you put out. Wow! And, and, and they've really listened, and they've really done it. And I was really pretty astounded with the one set today. I was like, "Wow!" Let's I mean, hear. She, yeah, she nailed it. You know, the pauses, she really picked up on the, you know, push-ups, ready, set. You yeah. know, had the timing. The intonations, and, and like, yeah. It surprised me. That's great. Let's hear it for the ladies. They're, the the girls are very capable, you know. Yeah, they, they were. And, and I've got some boys, I it's like pulling teeth to even get them to talk 
the cadence, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I, I actually last week we were talking about, you know, positive ways to relieve stress. Well, yelling is a great way to relieve stress <laughs> in a positive way. And I'm trying to tell, you know, if you're one of these students that finds yourself stressed out, hey, use this opportunity in yeah, PE to exactly. yell during the cadence part. And I've got one kid, I can't even get him to talk. Wow. And I'm like, and you're playing sports? How do you not participate in sports and not communicate? He's like, well, I just do what the other players tell me to do. Well, this would be really good for his uh, <laughs> psychological development, and it's, it's exactly I'm like it's like no, you got to talk, guy. You got to talk when you're in a group like that, moving together, talking together, or yelling together. It's really powerful, and this is a yes. Um, it, it, it's a developmental thing, and there's there's a whole history behind uh, actually a book written called Moving in Time, and it's the history of people moving together in time with voice. A cadence or commands or, or even dance type of uh, a song. So right. this is kind of evolutionary, you know, and it and it um, it doesn't need to have some negative military connotation to it. There's a lot of positive benefits to right. Right. Uh, grouping up and moving together in time with a cadence. The Czechoslovakian Sokols were the best examples of that, and they never had a military purpose, but they could put over 14,000 people on a field all at the same time doing the same thing and just moving beautifully. And it was, exactly. you know, a wonderful system that uh, people would volunteer in their whole lives and even into their senior years were helping out. And they never charged for any of it. It was just part of their culture, and they brought it over here. And uh, at one time, we had a huge uh, so-call movement, S-O-K-O-L is the spelling of that. But anyway, well, I think this has been a great show. We kind of covered what uh, I wanted to cover. you have anything else you want to add to it? Um, just that, you know, for teachers that are out there, you know, don't let the detractors take anything away. Yeah, it, it, it's maybe a little bit difficult to get it done. You know, sometimes, you know, if sometimes I find myself coming in days like, man, are these kids going to look cross-eyed at me today? It's like, well, kids are going to look at you cross-eyed for any reason <laughs> as a teacher. So right. don't let them, because those kids, there's going to be those kids that will get it. And they're never going to say thank you for it, but you can tell when you're looking that sometimes there's a light bulb that goes off, and you can see it in their, in their eyes that they're like, "Hey, they just made a connection somehow." Right. And you know, with any kind of change, there's going to be a pushback, but then there's going to be positives. Yeah. And after getting into my second year now, I'm seeing positives from the kids. I still have the, some of the kids that come back um, that are sophomores now. They, we we still talk about this loss year movement when we're in our health class um, because you know we're talking about muscles, we're talking about moving. Hey, remember when we talked back? You know about this movement before. Well, here's the muscles that are involved in that. Oh, here's great! What those movements. Are. Oh, that's great. So we still, so I still make a connection to it. And they come back, and they'll come back. I'll see them in the hallways. Like, man, I really miss being a PE. I'm like, hey, sign up for APC. They're like, well, you're not teaching it anymore. You, you know, we don't want to come back for that. But, um, ah. but, the, but, um, if, if you want to give it a shot, yeah, it takes some work. It, it, it but it's beneficial. You know, I have benefited greatly mm-hmm. um, myself personally because I won't just sit there and, and tell the kids to do it. I get out there and I lead with them. Which is what lost Sierra. I've actually had a yeah. couple of students. Yeah. We had some students give, um, I think it was like maybe Teacher Appreciation Week or something. We were doing a positivity. Mm-hmm. There's a word for you, a positivity study. Mm-hmm. And, now I'm, of course, I'm going to get afternoon announcements here in the background. That's okay. But uh, we were t- having to... Um, write positive notes to other people to, talk, to say something nice. And I had an actual student write this note for me. It says, being active is easy when the teacher shows you how. Nice. Thank you. That's great. I and mean, what a and, wonderful feeling. And coming from a student, you know, that makes you feel good about what you're doing, and it lets you know, hey, you're really making an impact somewhere, but the fact that you 
are able to show them physically and that you are willing to do it with them, that's a big motivator. Uh, so I try to use myself to motivate them because I tease, I tease about myself being, hey, if this old 48-year-old big, fat, tall guy with five <laughs> knee surgeries and a reconstructed um, Achilles tendon can do this right. and you can't, yeah. either you're not working hard enough yeah. or you're letting your youth go to waste. Exactly. So don't let me outwork you. You should be able to outwork me. Yes, I do this five times a day, but you've got a better energy level because you haven't done it yet today. So come on, play catch up. So yeah, if you can great. properly motivate them, it's it's going to make a big difference. So yeah. you know, it, it, you want to get on board and give it a shot. You know, give it a whirl. What's the worst that your kids can be? Yeah. Exercised and learn how to move better. Right. Yeah, I think that's worth it. Yeah, and Laprade was big on motivation. All those uh, loss here high PE teachers led those drills too with the students, and they could right. instruct them. And so that's a that's a positive note to finish the show on for sure. You're up there in front, leading by example. Tim Jordan rocking in at Edinburgh, Indiana. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Keep up the good uh, work there, and I hope to be back someday and and, uh, see the progress myself. So. Well, we hope to get you back in Indiana. I know the last time it didn't quite materialize, but there's a, there's those of us that will want to be able to try to get it done one of these days. So no, we hope to see you. Yeah, and I'm sure I'll be teaching there soon and do a little workshop or something, and uh, I'll look forward to seeing you again. Good deal. Thanks, Tim. Hey, thank you so much, Ron. You take care. You've been listening to Lean Braves Radio Show at theleanbraves.com. Music today provided by Hot Rod Walt and the Psycho DeVilles. Until next time, keep moving for a noble purpose. No excuses. I'm Roots Rock. Ready, 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 I'm Roots Rock. I know you gotta dig that new tattoo. To blame a rolling dice or a lucky horseshoe. You gotta dig an oven and a grand guitar like.